0: Welcome to Inspiring Futures. I'm your host, Ed Cotton. This is a podcast where we talk about the how, what, and why of the future. Our recording, cool. Okay, uh, welcome to another episode of Inspiring Futures. It's great that I have uh, Rob Campbell, um, somebody I've been trying to interview for a while, but <laughs> been
1: Mad fairly busy.
0: Um, so I'm glad I'm glad we made it work. Um, Rob, thanks for coming on the on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And um, in my typical tradition, can you give us a little bit of an accelerated history of your career to date?
1: Oh God! Um, uh, former session guitarist for terrible eighties and nineties uh, pop stars, uh, strategist around the world, very old. i been being fortunate to work at uh, great agencies with great clients and do uh, some great work. That probably is it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll 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 explore we'll go through the uh, okay in, in some detail. So um, are you still, are you still a musician? Are you still playing, do you still play music? Uh, I have
1: a disgusting amount of guitars, um, a disgusting amount of guitars. And so I play a lot less. I mean, when I was doing it properly, it was like, I think it was like eight or 10 hours a day, every day, and now it might be 10 hours a year, but uh, I still, I still like to think that I play the guitar but when I hear stuff I did play on, I realise I don't play the guitar very well.
0: So when you say session musician, does that mean you were sort of like a gun for hire that you'd go into-
1: Yeah, totally, yeah. So, and then I did some tours as well. Um, But I did some stuff with, yeah, some some terrible people and some very well-known people, but my mates always take the piss because whenever I played with someone that's quite well-known, it was kind of like the end of their career. So, uh, I did all the demo work for, for example, Terence Derby mm. on his vibrator album. They didn't use me for the final album, uh, but he basically died after that. So yeah, I was the career kiss of death in music. Fortunately, I don't seem to have had that same uh, ability in uh, creativity, but um, I live in fear that it might come back.
0: So what? what was, how long were you doing music for?
1: Oh, I was doing music a long time. Um, part of it was because there was a singer called Sam Brown. She had a yep. big hit stop. Yep. And her father's Joe Brown, which who was a quite a famous musician from the Seventies or something. And uh, she was epic, and she introduced me to lots of people. Um, so I was doing, I was playing gigs. I was at, uh, God, I've forgotten. Ronnie Scott's I played at. Um, and from there, I got to meet people. So, yeah, I did it for a long time. But... Professionally, I really did it for about three, four years, I think. Um, Then I fucked it up because I uh, basically undercut the music union rates and everyone dropped me like a stone, which I fully deserved. Um, But yeah, I mean, 18 years of age and playing gigs to thousands of people, even if it wasn't for your songs or playing on songs that sometimes you liked. I mean, it was epic. I've been, I, I, ironically, I've kind of taken quite a lot of the lessons from that. Because when I write decks, I think of it like a um, like a, like a set list for a concert. Mm-hmm. I really do. So there has been elements, but I would much rather still be doing that. I've got to be honest.
0: And then, so then what happened? How did you, where did you go from there? Did, did,
1: uh, then I started advertising because I needed a job. Um, and started an agency called Hal Henry, uh, which was one of, well in my mind, still the most progressive agency that I was ever a part of. Um, and yeah, and I got to really learn. I mean, I, they told me one day, one day you'll get paid for your opinion and we wanna fill your head with the opinions that matter. Because I was a sponge, literally. Like they made me do everything. And it was an amazing journey. And um, it made me fall in love with the idea of, I mean, I obviously always loved creativity, but the idea that you could have some sort of role in it that, uh, transcended just what I thought, which was session music. And even then I would, I would listen to what was playing. Then I would always try and find suggestions and stuff, but yeah, I started in there. And then from then it was just like this constant journey of whatever has been challenging or interesting for me. I've never had a, a career plan. Um, I mean, I lived with someone in, lived with someone, the house mayor, I should just point that out, uh, in Australia, and she had an amazing career plan. Like, everything was
0: like yeah.
1: out. And I was like, well, I just find that, I did that because I thought it was interesting. Um, I've done all right with that. Um, and I suppose the thing that I find quite interesting now, and this is gonna make me sound very old, people are judging a career by how quick they get to things rather than the work that they've made to get to things. Yeah. And I still feel that um, the creativity that comes out of it is far more important than the deck that you can produce for it.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the weird world of planning, isn't it? It's the intangible stuff that doesn't get into the deck. That yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. There's, my, my belief is that my job, is to be useful to the creativity. Like I yeah. still believe that. And that, you know, yeah, there's some functional elements of that, but it is, it's all the gray area stuff. Yeah. Like that, that's when it's exciting, when it's like, then we heard this and we think this is really interesting. And then when you link that to creativity, not advertising creativity, and you just see where that can go. I still get incredibly excited by that. Um, yeah that's infuriating
0: it's really hard to teach people you know it, it's something that you have to you are, in in some ways you either have it or you don't i think yeah and, um it's not really it's not really there's no real um i don't know template there's no template for it
1: well, also, yeah, there is that. But I also think what's interesting is why people are getting into stuff these days. And, you know, there's a lot of... I mean, there's a lot of the planning Twitter community who... Some of them just drive me bonkers because they just never talk about the work. It's always about a framework or a theory. No, no, actually not theory. A theory would be interesting. It's a framework. And... I'm not like, going sure. When are you going to talk about the work? When are you going to talk about subculture? When are you going to talk about you know artists and how that's inspired stuff? But it's yeah. not everyone, of course not. But I don't blame them. But I do feel that as an industry, we've kind of we've got too many people that want to be the intellectual colossus rather than just help make really great work that people lean into.
0: Yeah, I mean the. It's interesting. I, I I don't know if I don't think I don't know if Hal Henry gets enough credit. You know. Yeah, they
1: they were they were amazing.
0: Pathfinders, in, in terms of when you when you look at a reel of their work, um, the Maxell tapes, the, the um, Tango.
1: Yeah, the, I mean AA. I mean the AA. With that, but that was, I mean. AA is brilliant. The fourth emergency service is an amazing positioning. Ron Seal, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah. Understanding that we're talking to a culture where DIY was becoming a thing, but people don't know really what to do. But more importantly, people don't want to ask. That was the really interesting thing. Okay. Here he goes. Does what he doesn't. Want. That's, that's strategy and creativity.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of agencies that I don't think get the credit they deserve. Like I, I applied to work at Cliff Freeman so often Mm -hmm. uh, and they didn't want a sniff of me. (laughs) Nothing. Like, I think I got one response out of like, I don't know, six attempts. And I, you know, and lots of people, it's like the same at Wyden, lots of people were very quick to go, oh, it's all creative, creative. Yes, it was creative. That was the whole goal of it. But my God, there was a lot of nuance in that stuff, you know? And I think, I mean, when I lived in America, I was quite surprised at how one note the advertising was. You know, and what I can say is, and not all agencies, but, you know, obviously I'm always going to be loyal to Widen. It's like, but I, I'm loyal because I just think the way they approached it, the, the values they had for it, and the appreciation of the nuances of subculture rather than the convenience of mass culture makes the difference. And, you know, Cliff Freeman, you know, even though that was quite a, Mass market agency in some respects with, um, not Hungry Jacks, what was it? Uh, Jack in the Box and, and uh, the, i forgot forgotten the, a, no, it wasn't Avis, budget or whatever. The work was great. The yeah. work was absolutely great. And the fact that I can remember it from an agency I never worked at in a country I, I at that point, had never lived in for a, an organization that no longer exists, that says quite a lot for the work, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, the, you know, it's an, it's one of those ones where they, they stand out because they really, they have a sort of belief system, like Hal Henry had a belief system that, yeah. you know, the best agencies, I think, do. Um, and and they push against the norm and con- consistently deliver work that, you know, stands out on its own. But I, I, feel, I feel like it's a little bit, what we're suffering from is I think you go back to those agencies and the planners in those agencies and the strategies and the 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 work that was done and and you look now and and it's just hard to find that caliber of work
1: yeah but I mean I don't know if that's I mean there's a million reasons for that yeah yeah you know the clients have a huge responsibility in this But without doubt, I think a lot, um, I mean, my biggest issue is that a lot of agencies have sold creativity down the river that make more money from the process than they do from the actual work they do. So, and that's why we have a lot of people now who want to be um, theoretical, um, theoretical, (laughs) uh, rather than actually make work. Um, And I'm not saying all those other things aren't, valuable and valid you know I, I get the, the role and value of a framework but quite frankly that means fuck all if the work's shit at the end of it yeah. but we spend so much like my biggest problem is when clients spend so much time on the process rather than what the process is supposed to deliver and that's becoming the norm and I just feel and of course it's becoming the norm because everyone gets to play in it and the work isn't the, the judgment of it and that's where the pay is and I've always preferred the output whatever that might be
0: yeah, I mean, and it makes I think it. I I go back to what you and um, Martin presented in Cannes and, yeah. and sort of rally cry for provocation and chaos, mm. and um, I just I just I feel that strategists right now are, are sort of being. Um, neutered to some, some extent or, um, you know, muzzled.
1: Yeah, I, without a doubt. And, I'm, you know, and maybe I'm being really harsh and stuff, but I also think everyone's being too responsible. Yeah. You know, it's like fit in with this and it should be what's gonna get to the most interesting work. You know, what's, what's the most, understand culture. But when you go, well, it has to fit in with this, and you end up filling in boxes rather than, well, you're filling in answers more than understanding. Like one of my biggest problems with planning at the moment is, the planners want to have the answers. Our job is to find the most interesting problem and let the creatives find a way to solve it. But when it's like, well, this is it, then you're treating creatives, and we're all creative, but they, they have a special way of looking at the world. You're, you're treating them as executioners of your, of your mastery, and I just don't necessarily agree with that. Um, and the people that I've worked with and enjoyed working with the most are the ones where they surprised me. Like when I go, whoa, I would never have thought of it that way. Um, and I love that. And I appreciate things change and, and will change, but uh, I mean, it's like the projects that I'm working on now that have nothing to do with advertising, but are for people and, and brands that are committed to what creativity is. Yeah. And the way they look at the world is fascinating. and, I, and and I hope the industry like focuses. I mean, we no, we need the the agencies that are leading the way more than ever. Um, like you know, the Wydens and the Drugs and all the usual suspects. But there's also other agencies out there that are really epic. AMV, AMV don't get. I mean, they had a great cred for a time, and then all the young, cool places came out, and mm-hmm. they love. They're, they're still yeah. uncommon. I think uncommon is. I'm a real fanboy of theirs, and I don't even like all their work. <laughs> I just like the fact that they have a, an idea. They, they express it through design. I've always felt, I loved Wired the most when it felt a bit like an art school. I've got to be honest, that's a personal, maybe that shows my age. But places that really what an idea is and, and can execute it. And that's why I talk about the Tesla extreme button. You know, I think that is, that's creativity in UX for a real reason. A real reason. Um, I'd just love to see more of that. Because I genuinely believe it can solve problems that rational thought can't achieve.
0: Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's it's sort of there's this strange, this strange thing going on because you can read these sort of consultant management surveys and interviews with CEOs where creativity is lauded as an important asset, and and you can look at it in a very specific way and say. There are so many problems that need solving and that creativity is the solution. Um, I I just I just feel agencies, I think you're probably right in what you said earlier. Agencies have sold creativity a bit down the river. The thing I I kind of was banging on about last year was this whole idea of the museum of ice cream. Mm. It's sort of an over overvalued concept. But at its time, it was like it was two hundred and valued at two hundred and seventy million dollars. Yeah. Um, Created by a 25 year old trend forecaster slash designer. And why is no agency in that business, you know?
1: Well, yeah. Two weeks ago, um, a young mother and her daughter, who's age six, uh, launched a magazine for young female um, people of color.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I read about that.
1: And why the fuck didn't we do that? Yeah. Why the fuck didn't we come out with Square? Like it's not, it wasn't a new thing to say, uh, small business have uh, cash flow issues. You know, no, I appreciate clients would have to buy, I appreciate all the concept, but I never heard someone talk about that. And, but I do believe the industry could do that. I've heard some amazing ideas in my time that, you know, the bottom drawer stuff, yeah. But there's a few agencies that really back it and believe it. And quite a lot still think creativity in terms of communication versus something even bigger than that. But um, I be- this industry has been amazing to me. And I, and I love it as much as an equal measure I hate what it's becoming. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I believe the talent's here as well. They just need to be backed and given a, a space to be vulnerable to try stuff. And we need to help clients understand that's where they will get even greater value. But what's happening now is, because we have sold a lot of creativity down the river, we try to answer briefs quicker, because ultimately, that's the only way that we can get some sort of scale of value in our payment. Um, It just feels that we, like, I read something recently from an unknown, uh, an agency, I won't say, where the idea that they were making sound like the second coming of Christ was absolutely bollocks. And then it was like some intervention. I read an idea that genuinely could be brilliant, and it was said so flat. And I'm like, what is, like, we need a bit of Silicon Valley's hype, but for the substance, with some of like art's real substance and make that magic. Um, but, you know there's a lot of people I believe in in this industry and a lot of people I, I believe I could believe in, but there's also a lot of bullshit and, um, I'll back the people who I think want to do something different for the right reasons.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. And I think, and I think, and I think we sort of lose the age, the, the world seems sometimes dominated by the holding companies and in a lot of ways, those guys, have got so many problems yeah that um they're not necessarily although they are huge they aren't necessarily truly reflective of every agency that's out there
1: and- yeah or any holding company out there either you know yeah. but yeah you know it's yeah i totally um agree with you on that i mean there's some great as i said amv you know it's it's part of a network it's a good network you know of the networks and it's like it's more than just, it's a network issue. You know, that's good, but, but I do find it interesting when Martin Sorrell says the days of the network are over, that's when you go, oh my God.
0: Come and invest in my new network.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, it's like, you know, the networks are over, but mine's gonna be like a network, but you know, I bet not say that, you might see me, but yeah, it's like, <laughs> um,
0: But yeah, I, I, think, I think the other interesting thing is the observation, like a, a bit about, This difference between the UK at, at its best and the US, and you, I think you were talking about sort of the one-note mass big stuff, mm. you know, you know where you, that you see here, which is kind of you, communication is different, the way people talk to each other.
1: Yeah, and culture's different. I mean, the Culture, cultures. Different. Culture's different.
0: I always thought of England as a village, you know, with people sort of uh, with various dialects, and the, the mm. planners were almost semioticians they were almost like working out what the latest lingo was because yeah. things culture moved and you were, if if you if you were kind of off you, if you were kind of off base um, you just never quite got the got the momentum it was almost like if you look at if you just think of the tango work and how that's written and and you know the cleverness
1: yeah, but I mean, I think, I think what you've just said is why the industry needs to actually commit to diversity and inclusion rather than just say it,
0: yeah. because,
1: yeah. you know, I was in the UK at an early stage and I was lucky at an agency that was very progressive and pragmatic and it, it understood about cultural nuance, it understood about going to the core rather than to the mass, it understood that creativity needs to be lateral, not literal, um, but I look at work now, like when I was in America, I got to do, you know, an amazing project, America in the Raw, with some brilliant people. And that was about the most opposite sides of America. I didn't want to do uh, like, oh, the, the middle versus the coasts. Yeah, I wanted to know the opposite and the values. Um, and, and there were some amazing strategists in America, don't get me wrong, there's some amazing, and you're right, the, the way that business operates and stuff is different. But what I did find interesting is that I felt there was a lot of packaging claimed as strategy. And in the UK, I feel that there's a lot of intellectual stuff that is claimed strategy and both of them, I mean, it sounds like I, you know, I'm saying I've got the answer, but like, is, it, is it actually helping change anything? And my, my attitude is that great strategy speaks to the people often in the shadows and scares the crap out of the people in the spotlight. Like it's so, it's got the nuance, it's got this. And that can only come from having different people in the organisations. London's always had a problem in hiring London people. Oxbridge educated London. I, like the fact that I was from Nottingham and didn't go to university, people used to take the piss. Like, used to take the, like like I was the scum that got in. But you know what, it's still happening. Like when I came back, no, I wanted to have more diversity in that, in the in the, the truest sense of that word. Um, because it's that's how you get to the language of nuance, where you go, you know what they're saying. There was one guy, Joel, Al, and I remember we when we first chatted, and I loved it, we were just chatting about life, and he's from Bradford, which is obviously far from yep. London. You know, he's you know and he started I remember he said he talked about big school and I and I was like, yes, someone who said big school. Nobody in London was there, like, or oh, big school. He was like, he said big school. And then the more we talked, I was like, you are just a really interesting, creative person that gets culture. And you've not been tainted too much yet by the London bubble. I want I want that. And then we, But I, when we talk about diversity and inclusion, it's very important to me. It's very important to me because just, you know, a whole bunch of reasons. There's incredible talent. and we're, Like a, somebody asked me recently, how, how do you get diversity in your teams? Like, how do you find them? I went, mean, what do you mean, how do you find them? Like, everyone they're everywhere. You've just got to want them. You, that, that is that simple. You've just got to want them. And,
0: and, you've to, and you've got to be able to... I always found, and maybe it was just me... That everyone wanted to interview the planner, you know, and yeah. you, you know you know what I mean. It becomes if it, if it's a media planner, that they, they get hired. They, their their interview process is pretty damn easy. There's like two people. If it's a if it's a strategist or a planner, everyone wants to meet them. All the cribs, and before you know it, you know they 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 water down that. They look for someone they're comfortable with.
1: Yeah, there is that. I mean, I mean, if you're,
0: if you, if you, if you can lead and say, I don't give a shit what you guys are saying. We need this. I, that.
1: Yeah. That. I suppose, though, in my experience, like, I mean, first of all, if you're a woman or a person of colour, my god, like, if it's bad for a young male planet, why like. But the other bit is, I get why the creatives should like them. They've got to work with them. Yeah. But the best creatives I've I've worked with have basically gone, okay, you're interesting. You're gonna help me be, well, there are some that just go, I want to just like you, but rather than I want to be able to work with you. Um,
0: I, feel, I, feel, I feel like there's, there's, there's something that, I feel I can trust you and I feel like you're gonna be able to contribute and give me stuff that could be useful and you're on my side. Because yeah. I, think, I, think there's a, I think there's a feeling of, it's, it's, trust is so important and when you and as you know as being a creator the fragility of ideas you, you know that yeah. you got to have you got to have people who support you and there's so I've, you see it so many times inside agencies where where the first thing creatives experience is from outside the department is someone saying that's not going to work
1: yeah it's like i mean you plan everyone needs a safe place to be vulnerable it's that simple. And my basic rule, I mean, there's language. I mean, Colleen taught me this one, which was basically, where's your energy at? Which is a great way, mm-hmm. of starting stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's not about, I like it or I don't. It's like, where's your energy at? Because you've just started this. I'm not going to kill it. I'm not going to kill your baby. Like, it's yeah. like, let's give it a chance to grow and develop. So where's yeah. your energy at? Um, there, But it needs people who understand. It is. It's a, uh, it is vulnerable to do that. And that's why you should have a great relationship because the planner should also be able to be vulnerable to the code saying, I just want to talk to you about this where and there'll be tension and debate. That's fine. But when you feel that they're bringing me stuff that's useful and interesting, but this goes back to what the character of the agency is because if the character of the agency is complicity, then they'll want things that just get them home early. But if you're in a, the character of the agency is we want to help our clients in a way that gives them a role in culture that's valuable to all parties. That's a different relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I prefer the latter, obviously.
0: So we, I I don't know if you, you remember, but to me, strat, strategy was, I mean, in the sort of BMP model was... Mm-hmm we need to get out of our ivory tower. We need yeah. to get out of there. You know, we need to get, if we're going to be, because it's never just, to me, it's never just strategy. It's strategy plus. It's, mm. it's you know, yes, you can be a brilliant mind, but you've got to have something. It's like saying you're a photographer and telling someone they're a photographer and they're not allowing them to have a camera. Mm. You know, because part of the magic of strategy was always, it's always when you look back at the books, it was, you know, we did this deprivation thing on milk or we, you know, it, it was, it was, yeah, it was a thought, but then it was a validation. It was almost a science, There was almost a little bit of a science to it. And, and you went off and you did your stuff, you did your journey, you did this and that. And then I, then I think when you cut that out because we don't have the budget, we don't have the time, I think you're taking a limb, off the- yeah,
1: I, I agree the, the one thing I would say is you know obviously I lived in China for a long time and time frames were much shorter so that meant we had to change the way that we did it to get the ability to have collapsed time but with quality in nuance yeah. Yeah. and my concern is that sometimes we don't even bother with that because we say we don't have enough time and don't get me wrong we should be fighting for the time I'm not saying just submit but what I'm definitely not saying is you just go, oh, okay then. Because <laughs> then it's, and, and it shouldn't, you know, you, there's a lot of subtext and nuance and, and conflict in, in this. But what I really, really hate is this thing that, oh, that's not scalable or that's not big enough. We need to do it in a more structured or regimented way. And I'm not going, but that's not why you're doing it, guys. You're not doing it for the scale. We, we have other ways that we can have scalability of knowledge, data, yeah. information. This is about the nuance and the resonance to understand where the core the most influential group who are gonna drive the masses up are going. So you can understand the language, the texture, the fabric, the, the visualization, the music. And some people don't value that. And that's fine. They'll always be behind. Yeah. and i like working with brands that want to uh like shape at the very least culture but not all culture but the ones that absolutely are the core the ones who are you know nike always talk athlete to athlete you know and we used to always spend our time just understanding where that was going where do people who refer to themselves or think of themselves as i think what are they doing yeah. and by doing that information and one, it helped Nike, but two, it helped the work. Always be at the forefront of culture rather than trying to play catch-up. Yeah,
0: so yeah, you, what you end up with is 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 um, everyone going on Google and build, <laughs> building text from from Google searches.
1: Yeah, I mean, the hardest part, in all honesty, is, again, I'm not blaming the, the people for that. Maybe the, the heads of the department to blame a bit, but fundamentally, it's the agency who has agreed a fee where... Um, where it's about speed over substance. Mm.
0: Um,
1: that's hard, man, because it's like you're literally cutting your own throat. But there are people out there. There's good people in everything. Good people in India's sure. networks everywhere. But we need to treasure the work over treasuring the process, because we are we are putting economic value on the wrong thing right now. Do you
0: th- do you think do you think people understand? Do you think? there isn't, there is enough, to me, there's not enough. I don't know what's happened. Something has got in the way of the, when people said, when you, when there was this classic story of the origin of Mr. Kipling's cakes, which came out of JWT, you know, multi-million pound business came from scratch, came from an agency. Um, Creativity, you know, the, the, it was a brand and and it was it was meaningful. It had substance, it had depth, it had had a business uh, uh, benefit. I I just feel like now we've gotten to this, people have gotten to this sort of corner where a lot of the creativity you see, which is getting lauded, is agencies. And I heard this from a really good source, which was big agency saying, everything they had won creatively in the last two years had come from calling a non-client and pitching an idea. Mm. There's a, it would be, you know, so there was no real relationship there. It was just, it was just almost like a Hail Mary.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's for a lot of big agencies and stuff. I mean, I still, there's a lot of agencies who do real work and make great work. Not as many as there should be, but there are. And there's some things, South Africa, New Zealand, you know, they're, for 30 years, they've done phenomenal work. Effective work, but phenomenal creativity. Um, But also I just think creativity is, you know, quite frankly, there's maybe too many agencies and too many layers of structure and management in agencies and at clients. You know, it's, so it, it, people, too many people are empowered to say no. And so it's just having a huge impact, but then Kate, like I'm working with a he's a billionaire in China yeah and his investment in the area of luxury fashion is basically one of the biggest mm-hmm. and he is amazing he is without doubt one of the most amazing clients I've ever worked with strategically and creatively like one of the things he's you know, we helped him when I was at RGA on this luxury mall, but it's for the, like a new generation of luxury, and it's to basically alienate a lot of the old rules. He's built this thing, SKPS, and it's been designed to look like Mars. Genuinely look like Mars. Everything about it. Um, you walk in, all the windows are actually like flat screen TVs that show like your your backdrop as if you're in space moving. Mm. Everything is Mars. They have robotic sheep because in the future we won't need... Sheep, but we'll want to think that we have them. Like it's, it's madness. And I went, I went, why? Like, wh- why are we doing this? And there were a bunch of reasons, which I won't go into, or, or it'll be very angry at me. But um, one of the things was like, why would I do something that's slightly better than everyone else?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I need to leave competition behind, not just be slightly ahead. I need to leave them behind. And he's an entrepreneur. And his view is I create markets that then will be leveraged. So he is a big you know, he is a big fan of you know Supremes, Off White, Fenty, and a whole range of stuff. He also has a whole other business with a more traditional bent. But his thing is, I create, I create markets, and to do that, he sees creativity in everything. The thinking which consultants claim they have, which sometimes they do, but he sees it through. But with absolute, like if you saw this place, it it's a uh, it was. The, the laser lighting came from U2's lighting yeah. tech. It's phenomenal. And I sit there and I go, he's great. And then I'm doing work with these bands. And, the, and while it's very different work, the way that they're going is help. We believe creativity can solve this in a more interesting way. So uh, that's what you have to do. Not just give me the intellectual answer. There's not enough of that. And, and because we're, we're, we're weighed down with layers of people designed to say no versus what could this be? And the markets or the agencies that embrace that more are the ones that we always go, oh, that works great. And and guess what? They're also the clients that have a bigger role in culture and are incredibly successful, effective, and and popular. Um, And I'll have people say, but these people could be more popular and go, okay, well, if we really want to get into like a proportional representation, then that's a different thing. And I'm happy to do it because I'm pretty sure that I could still Find a way to say well this has been more effective than others but yeah I, I'm, I'm very passionate about it because i i see the effect and i and i feel the effect of doing something where you go that moment where it's so mad and you're going is this going to t- are we going to land this plane or is it going to just i love that because mm-hmm. that's when something amazing could happen when i know something's good of course that's great but you just go "Oh, could we have pushed it a bit more but it's not for indulgence. That's why when people talk about, you know, avant-garde film directors, go, oh, it's all indulgence, not talking to the real people. They're missing the point because it's not about that. It's also about finding a way where that creativity can, can elevate everything up. My, my view is creativity is a bit like your social media experience. It's directly linked to who you follow. And there's a lot of people that don't follow enough broad. So they, they live in a bubble where they go, well, this is great work. And it is in their bubble. But at some of the agencies I've worked at, I've worked with people who look at the world differently and they exposed me to a way of looking at the world that suddenly transformed what's possible. I would love us to do more of that.
0: Yeah. Um, talking about China, China, China seems, it's, it's obviously so much is going on and so much change is happening. Yeah. But they've gone they've gone from being a follower to being a leader. You know, they they used to be called out for being ripping everyone's ideas off.
1: Yeah, I mean, the great irony being it's much older than all other countries, so you could argue. But yes, I mean, there there, there was definitely parts of that. And without doubt, there's parts of it that's going on. But China is so far ahead of the West in many areas and it's not given the credit. It was without doubt, single-handedly, the most exciting time of my career. And I cannot think of that being the peak, because then I might as well give up. But it was without doubt the most exciting, thrilling and enthralling time, because I got to see a country understand its own possibilities. And I got to be a part of that um, with amazing brands. Is
0: that the most, the most exciting? sighting opportunities come where change is happening in front of your eyes.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was totally, it was like I was at a pivotal point where the economic crisis was happening. So every Western major company needed to, needed China to save them. So I got access to clients and the level of client that quite frankly, nobody would normally have. Like uh, the amount of times I'd sit in a room going, uh, <laughs> fuck, why am I here? And I got to say whatever I wanted because I cared so much about that culture and I knew what I didn't know and I had an amazing team, really great team that understood the nuances. But I also had this situation where China was starting to go, we're good. Like, because it was at a pivotal moment where the economic crisis tied in with, um, like, digital hitting a, tipping point so people started to see that the world needed them and it was amazing and it was a great company and agency and stuff and we did some some work that honestly when I look back it'll still be some of the best work that I, I'll ever have been a part of loved it it's a different place now but you know my son was born there it's tattooed on me um you know I've just done something uh for a very famous Chinese brand that's global that's suffering from a, some problems with the American administration right now and, and just talking to them invigorating for me. And um, yeah, I'll always have China in my uh, soul. What do you, what do you think?
0: Um, what do you think Wyden? Ha- I've talked to a lot of people on the podcast who've got widen in their resume and Time and time again, it comes up as a special place. It's something, there's something about the way it works, something about the melting pot of talent and the competitiveness and the chaos that do, it it operates in a way that seems fundamentally different to anything else out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just me excluded. It's just really fucking good people working really hard backed by a company that believes that success is the work that is created even more than the profit that's generated. Like it, it backs you. Uh, I, I will always love that company. And in many ways, I'll always consider myself a child of theirs. I, I talk to everybody still there. I recommend people for there. they very kindly sometimes ask for my opinion on some stuff. They're doing. Uh, it is a it's a very special place. Uh, and I've been lucky, I've worked in a few of those. Hal Henry was the same thing, I, you know, it's like, but it's fundamentally, it's people at the top who love the work,
0: yeah,
1: love it. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of talk that Dan didn't like planning, he didn't like planning, he didn't like anything that basically wasn't contributing to the work, you know? And same with Kim Pepperworth, you know, he's left wide. Now, but his ability to go just leave it on the table. I was in a meeting once with him where the client, it was late at night, it was super late at night, and he was in Shanghai with me. and The client just fucking hated what we did. It was just like, and they, they announced it in the first 13 seconds of the meeting. And we were like, Ugh. and within 20 minutes, Kim had managed to keep the work on the table. It wasn't sold, but he'd made sure it hadn't gone. And I handed him a post-it note and it just says, you've earned your money today. I've got a photo of it because I was in awe because he wanted that work to win. That, that's what makes it special. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was a, I feel an honor that I got to spend so much of my career there and yeah, they let me be me. True. They, they did, they, we could debate, we could have arguments, they let that happen. Didn't mean you were always going to get your way, sure, but it was like, we're all in, and they're they a great company for that. And there's a few others that I see who have similar elements, but that one in particular, um, I think part of it's because of important. You know, it's like, I remember, you know...
0: Why, because it's because there's... Was it because there's
1: no distractions? and yeah, like, I mean, the, the great irony is, and I said this to Dan, you know, it's like, and this was actually part of why we chose Portland in the America in the Raw. But mm-hmm. I said to Dan, you know, everyone keeps going on that, you know, keep Portland weird, but yeah. Portland's the whitest place in America, so it can't be that weird. In fact, that's the scariest thing ever, isn't it? You know, and it's just like, but, the, but it is incredibly liberal, very liberal. It doesn't have the distractions. I just think it has an appreciation of, like in LA, everyone's always shakes your hand while looking behind you to see who's next. But there, there's like a real yeah, you're in it, and you know Amsterdam's the same, London's the same, yeah. I, I'll, I'll always love them. I'll um, yeah, always will.
0: So how do you, how do you think a an agency that doesn't really want planning around? How does a planner succeed in that environment?
1: Be useful to the work. Yeah, that simple. honestly it's that simple want the work to win uh, help people see help people identify what's the real problem and express the most interesting way and understand where culture is heading and, and back the team you can have your debates but be useful to the work it is not a place where and what was interesting was in China where creativity has a different aspect quite often I had to sell creativity as a business role because China's relationship to that. And I remember uh, Dave Lerr saying to me, like, Campbell, this isn't how Widen operates. And I was going, it is how it's gonna have to operate here. <laughs> you know? And it was like, but it was because the goal was to get to the work. Everyone's job at Widen is protect the work. And my way of doing that was by getting the client to feel this crazy shit that they're doing actually is the most sensible thing my job is to make madness sound the most sensible thing they could get yeah. so um people who are, what should people be
0: looking at if you if, if if we're talking about people getting out of their narrow boxes and uh and their filter bubbles what's what's an escape hatches what should they be escaping out into okay
1: interested in what's going on in life yeah. and in the, in the edges like yeah. it's that's I mean, it, it's everywhere. And like, go to an art gallery and read books of. The, I get I get quite a lot of questions of which planning book should I read? I go none yeah. of them. Yeah. Tell you what, read different biographies. My God, they'll tell you stuff. Um, read read anything where somebody has been constantly fucked over and learn about things. And and quite frankly, if you're white. Uh, be open to understanding what you don't know and learn about it. Not because you can then become an expert on, uh, African American culture, but you can fucking at least know what you don't know and embrace it. Um, but it's everywhere, mate. It's.
0: Did you see the John Oliver, the, the John Oliver piece? I put it up on LinkedIn.
1: I haven't seen it yet. No. It's,
0: it's, um, it's how history's taught. History's a lie. You know, the, oh yeah. And half the problems of diversity and race are pretty much due to America not really being entirely honest in terms of telling
1: kids what the hell really happened. I mean, yeah, Britain is, Britain is genius at it. Like, yeah. it's, it's st- everywhere is, and you know, you get that, but it's also, my, my, you know, I've said it quite a lot, my mum taught me to always be interested in what others are interested in, but, but we're not. And because of time pressure and stuff, we look for answers, convenient answers. So in, it, in the UK, we have BAME, um, you know, these acronyms. Like in China, it was the BRIC. And it's all designed to just, like, dehumanize and solve things with convenience and speed. And I... There is a role for speed, without a doubt, but there is a, a real role in slow. And, you know, we when I was at uh, Deutsch, we had this um, intern in. And the same thing happened at RGA, actually, with Hannah, where... I had to say to them, if you don't go down rabbit holes, you are literally no use to me. Mm. Your quest to get the right answer first, that means you're, you're approaching everything completely wrong. Your yeah. your job is to go down rabbit holes. And when you're young, you get the beauty of being able to fucking make mistakes all the time because nobody's expecting you to be right. But if you yeah. just go, I want, and Hannah, my God, she is a talent. Um, yeah. And I had to say to her, listen, slow down. Like, the beauty is like Maya who I talk a lot about um in the states like I love that woman she's got an incredible natural talent Lee was another one and it was just like but my goal was no 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 I want you to spend some more time and I want you to actually do stuff rather than just read stuff I want you to do stuff that's interesting rather than just know stuff that's interesting. And and I do believe that that comes from living an interesting life rather than just reading interesting things. So I do think that that's part of an agency and a boss's responsibility to their team.
0: Yeah. That's a great, great, great point. I was thinking about the David Foster Wallace, this is water. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just such a great, you know, it, it, it says everything that you said, you know, like we're in these convenient bubbles because we don't want to. We don't want to deal with complexity.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, one of the things that really it stopped me in my tracks. Um, I was working uh, with a confectionery company at Wyden, and I was, I was about to leave Wyden, and I would just started working with this band and their management company, and I'd just gone through a meeting where this confectionery company had told the best creative agents in the world, that we were wrong. Not just wrong, but how we should do it. I was like going, what the fuck? And then dealing with, the, I'm having my first review for the first project I'd done with the management team of this very famous rock band. And the opening lines were like, we absolutely hate everything you've done. And I'm like going, this is shit. And, then, and so I listened to this torrent of like, this is demolished. Yeah. And I went, well, and in my head, I'm going, well, this is, this is going to be over very quickly. And I said, so uh, what would you like me to do next? Thinking they were going to say, it's not working. And do you know what they said? They said, what do you mean, what do you want to do next? You've heard why we don't like it. And we'd like you to then have a look at it. And whatever you think is right, because of that, we'll be fine with. They They didn't tell me what to, they told me why they didn't like stuff, but they were open to me coming back with whatever it was, because they, I would have considered more of the things. And it, I genuinely believe that if I'd come back and said, I still think it's right, this is why, I still think they would have backed it. Meanwhile, a confectionery company <laughs> is, is going, no, no, this is how you do ads. And that was when I started realizing the difference between people who who believe in creativity versus talk about it. And there's a lot of them, but there's not as many as we need in the positions we want. And I would like to spend my time with them because they get to rewrite the rules that everyone else will then follow.
0: You talk about, you highlighted some of the stars of your team. I thought that was great that you kind of mentioned people. still remember
1: that. Well, oh, there's loads. I've done a massive disservice if I've only just mentioned those. There are loads of them.
0: Yeah. Um, what do those people have? that the the that, that separate them from from everyone else what is, what is what are those uh magic things that they bring
1: they're committed not interested mm-hmm. um they they really give a damn about culture and creativity rather than just being right and they i mean somebody once asked me they said oh what's your process they were comparing agencies. I said, I guarantee you our process are the same as everyone else's. Guarantee it. So the, the fundamental difference is the people we have here, the questions they ask, and the questions they ask them to. And the ability to take all that and work with creatives to, to see a creative opportunity that maybe others would not have seen, that can be expressed in a way that others would never have thought of. They all had that at different ways. They all but I've talked a lot about I believe in gangs, not departments, because yeah. I worry that departments are all the same brilliant people on repeat. And I like I like mess. I like my job is always when they leave, they go to a better job than they imagined they could have. That is success for me, um, and that comes from backing them, kicking them, but giving them a safe place to be vulnerable to make work that just. It, it'll leave scars but my god at the end of it you just have the the best time of it that if more days like that i'm happy
0: i think this is an, i think it's an overlooked as well this this idea of, i mean i love your thought of the gang um but i feel like the department in a way is almost like that's the killer killer app the department what can planners do together the planners together yeah, produce- I mean-
1: yeah i've often put two planners together like an old copywriter and art director thing i've done that in the past but i can pinpoint one of the proudest days of my life was it was it was like two o'clock in the morning we had a huge pitch for a car brand this is in shanghai uh finished the deck i would written the deck and then i you know there were three of my team it was roddy shirini and tom i think and uh i read it and i went i'm bored like, I'm bored on my own deck. This is, I'm just fucking bored. I got really like, it's right, but it's just so boring. And you know what they said? They went, and it was late. And they went, well, let's fix it. And I, I, I love them to this day for that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that's, that to me is like, they have the right to tell me, I think you're wrong. And I will listen to that. Because I find America very hierarchical. Yep. very hierarchical uh, and for me and you know British cultures well the class system is very hierarchical but office doesn't always have to be but that was when I went I have a gang we're, in, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna fucking do this and and we did
0: and uh, you're up till 6am and, and you got something out of it that would, yeah.
1: Yeah. and and for that uh, my job to repay them was to always ensure that yeah they're backed and as I said they go on to something they, they hopefully never thought they could get through the experiences and the work that they've created that I've helped for them to have.
0: Very cool. That's great, what a good conversation. Time has flown.
1: Thank you, mate. I really appreciate it.
0: Uh, we'll let you know when we, uh, when we put this live. Thank you for your- That'd be ace,
1: mate. It's been great to catch up. Thanks a lot. Speak you to you soon. It. Bye, mate. Bye. bye. bye.
0: Your host, Ed Cotton. Thank you so much for listening to Inspiring Futures. Until next time.